Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Oh, yes. I hate this. It is revolting. More? Please. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, November 10, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 660 of the Biden-Harris administration, 726 days until the 24th presidential election. We're already doing that, aren't we? Find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, and our Patreon is bobseskashow.com. My link tree, which I just made, is now in the description, decorated for the holidays. All right. Lots of election stuff to uh, talk about, to get into here. It's going to be a gigantic show, so let's bring in the goth ninjas. It is uh, Spicy Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker, also from the Stephanie Miller show every Tuesday, stephaniemiller.com, sexyliberal.com, of course. And David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex, his music project is Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. And uh, hi, Goth just Hello. Hello, Bob. Namaste, cocksuckers. <laughs> Second Thursday show in a row, we started out with that word. So thank you, David, as always. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what? We got lots of election stuff to talk about. Lots of schadenfreude today. So we're going to start with this. I seldom start out with a clip of audio on the show. But we got to do this. Just pump this into your veins. This is Fox News prior to November 8. Be an analyst for a second. Does it feel like a red wave? <laughs> it feels like a red wave, Brian. You know, your predictions of a red wave are accurate. Yeah. Somebody made a surfboard, said the red wave is coming. Red wave rising. That red wave that I'm convinced is coming. The reports I'm seeing show a big red wave coming. <laughs> Sleepy Joe just guaranteed a red wave in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of energy on the ground. You probably hear the rally in the background right now. We think we're going to have a big red wave in Michigan. Wow. Democrats are bracing for the worst case scenario, a red tsunami. We are officially on a red tsunami watch. Sean, we're going to see a red tsunami. Red tsunami grows. That means red tsunami. We're not just going to see a red wave. 
we're going to see a red tsunami. Poverty, joblessness, critical race theory, crazy gender ideology in our schools. We are going to see a red tsunami. And lastly, your prediction for tonight. I think we're going to have a red wave. I think it's going to be maybe bigger than anyone thought. On Tuesday, <laughs> we will be part of a big red wave that says enough is enough. That's that Bobo? Elon Musk ready to ride the yeah. big red wave. Elon Musk tweeted massive red wave. Massive red wave. Massive red wave. <laughs> massive red wave. <laughs> You're about to see a red wave. That makes day after tomorrow look like nothing. That's going to be responsible for the red wave. I think the red wave that's coming is going to be like the Rogan. elevator doors opening up in The Shining. <laughs> Joe Rogan said that the red wave is going to look like the elevator doors opening and the blood pouring out of the elevator in The Shining. Like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. That is correct, except it's not going to be an elevator. It's going to look more like Deep Impact, the tsunami at the end, but colored red. Remember that Taya Leone Deep Impact disaster movie? That's the red wave tsunami. <laughs> Bon Gino. Come ashore. It's going to be a brutal week for the Democrats beginning <laughs> on Tuesday. And frankly, I've already DVR'd CNN and MSNBC for election night, not because I'm going to watch, but just because I want to enjoy the tears post-red uh, tsunami. <laughs> we all get a, let's all have a big laugh. We all deserve a big Cape Fear laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember listening to their talking points spread like a case of genital warts? It, it reminds me of that scene in Spinal Tap when the one groupie has the cold sore and all the guys in the band have the same cold. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's the red cold sore. That's what we can call this. Well, I was calling it. You no, know, I was calling it. I was calling it the red shark. The red shark. That's what yeah. I was thinking. It's like this red wave was like when your period starts in your white pants. and you Just light spotting. Light spotting. Light spotting. <laughs> yeah. Light spotting. Yeah. Or a red tide, like one of those algal blooms. Like, everybody out of the water. It'll kill you now. Yeah. I actually made Stephanie Miller, Chris Lavoie, and Travis Bone sick yesterday when I was on with Stephanie because I brought up Red Shart, and I think Chris Lavoie was particularly grossed out because he just made, made an audible, oh, oh, gross. I said, I, I'm yeah, you so noticed Jody and I don't even twitch. We're like, yeah, Red Shart. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, we've jumped the shart. <laughs> yeah. Jumped the shart. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God, that's the name of this show, please. Jump the shark. Perfect. Jumping the shark. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay. Well, as they say on SpongeBob SquarePants, seconds later, this is Fox News after the election. I can't believe John Fetterman won. This is, in fact, bad for the Democrats. They're going to misread this. It's like, oh, Why we won. Bad? Joe Biden was not punished. This morning, had there been a big red wave, everybody would be going, blame Joe Biden. Can't say that the, now. You can't say that right now. <laughs> Still a win for pro-lifers. This new generation is totally brainwashed. When we just owned the libs, we, we didn't win those races. This is not a surprise. We knew it would be extremely tight. Forget uh -huh. the red wave, the red <laughs> tide, whatever it was, it doesn't matter at this point. They're always going to spin things against us. Single women and voters <laughs> under 40 have been captured by Democrats. <laughs> so we need these ladies to get married. Ah! Yeah. Hi, this married woman is happy about the blue wave, fuckers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Now they're getting completely the wrong idea. The, the word now has gone out throughout the Red Hat Entertainment Complex that single women are to blame. So what do, <laughs> yeah. what do you do about single women? Marry Why, them off. Get them all to marry an idiot guy. 
That's Jesse Waters' recommendation. Here's yeah. Waters yesterday. Also, single women are breaking for Democrats by 30 points. <laughs> That's because they're smart. Yeah. And this makes sense when you think about how Democrat policies are designed to keep women single. But what? once women get married, they vote Republican. Mm. Married women, That's married not men, true. go for Republicans <laughs> yeah. by double digits. But single women and voters under 40 have been captured by Democrats. Because so we of need policy. these ladies to get married. And it's time to fall in love and just settle down. Guys, go put a ring on it. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what? Talk about getting the absolute wrong idea. Yeah. Just by transforming single women into married women, they automatically assume that their ideology will completely change because they're with a man now, right? They found a man. <sighs> the, what the, the other thing is, the other dog whistle in this uh, attack against single women and I saw this, uh, I think Jack Posobiec was doing a show with Steve Bannon and Benny Johnson and the usual gang of incels and weirdos. They were implying that single women also include trans women. Of and, course. And, and so, yeah. So Democrats, they said, are manufacturing single women by becoming trans. In fact, they said... I forget if this was, I think this was either Posobiec or Benny Johnson said, what the Democrats are doing is they're all becoming single women so they can win elections. I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> Before their transitions, were they voting Republican? The, the dumb fuckery and everything they're saying here is this obvious. This goes back around to um, Alex Jones talking about, you know, Obama activating the Beyonce's. You remember? That? <laughs> right, like, right, right. I'm a single ladies. I'm a single ladies. I'm a yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Democrats, man. I'm going to become a single lady, right? Uh, without go. even leaving my husband. <laughs> well, the one of the other fun aspects of this is that uh, it's not so much a circular firing squad as much as it is a firing squad aimed at Donald Trump. And I don't know if this means that they're going to distance themselves or even abandon Donald Trump. We've been down this road before. We were there with Access Hollywood. We were there with Charlottesville. We were there with Helsinki. We were there with January 6th. And they eventually, you know, went back to Donald Trump and started humping away because that's what they do. They've got nothing else. But now there may be an extenuating circumstance insofar as they're simultaneously anointing Ron DeSantis as the new leader of the party. In fact, the New York Post cover, the New York Post front page was the future. <laughs> and I'm still telling you that as soon as Ron DeSantis. Not subtle people. No. You know, they're just not like. <laughs> as soon as he gets up on the national stage, David. He is going to crash and burn. Oh, yeah. He has a yeah. glass yeah. jaw. Charlie Crist had him up against the ropes that entire debate. I mean, Ron DeSantis couldn't wiggle out of that. Which also proves debates don't mean shit. Well, that's also true. Well, they mean less in the, I mean, on the state level, when you've got a bunch of people who are already committed to the candidate, and yeah. he's been in office for, you know, however many thousands of years. How long has DeSantis been in office? Oh, yeah. Feels yeah. like a really long time. 600, 800 years? But... Mm -hmm. Well, um, Donald Trump is going after DeSantis now. He stopped... I mean, he kind of went there a little bit with the Ron DeSantimonious thing the other yeah. day. Not his best work. No, not absolutely best. not. He's, he called... You know what else? He was calling Maggie Haberman Maggie Hageman because, oh, because she's a hag... Well, uh, Michael Bender and Maggie Hagerman. Oh, 
uh, put together a piece for the New York Times, and the headline is, <laughs> Trump under fire from within GOP after midterms. Donald J. Trump faced unusual public attacks from across the Republican Party on Wednesday after a string of midterm losses by candidates he had handpicked and supported a display of weakness as he prepared to announce a third presidential campaign as soon as next week. And the word weakness jumps out of this lead. (laughs) And you know why? Because Donald Trump likely saw that. And of course, that crawls up his ass and festers there. As the he's going to write all over it with Sharpie and mail it to Maggie Haberman. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) And he'll send it to uh, Graydon Carter just for the hell of it, because it's what he used used to always do that. Every time he would see a picture of his own hands in the press, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump would circle it and fax it to Graydon Carter, who came up with the short fingered vulgarian phrase that started the whole Donald Trump has small hands thing. So for years after that, Donald Trump couldn't stop sending pictures of his own hands to Graydon Carter. So this continues, as the sheer number of missed Republican opportunities sank in, the rush to openly blame Mr. Trump was as immediate as it was surprising. Conservative allies criticized Mr. Trump on social media and cable news, questioning whether he should continue as the party's leader and pointing to his toxic political brand as the common thread woven through three consecutive lackluster election cycles. Ha ha. Mr. Trump. uh, Sidebar. Yeah. He never broke 48% the whole time he was in office. Oh, I know. He eked into office thanks to the Electoral College and never won the popular vote. He was the most historically unpopular president ever. Yeah. Yeah. And yet the Republicans are just now figuring out that maybe he's not great for their brand. I know. Yeah. Like It's just like, welcome to the party, fucking numbnuts. Have you been in a sensory deprivation tank? I like, mean, Megan McCain even coming against like, MAGAs the other day. I'm like, welcome to the party, you fucking yeah, idiot. Right, right. And it's not just about Trump. It's about Trumpism. That's the mistake they're making now. They're saying that it's all about Trump, but they should probably continue doing the same fuckery they've been doing all this time. And that's not going to flaw. People are sick and tired of the Trumpism and how that manifests itself. They're tired of the Republican platform. One of the reasons why Gen Z came out in such huge numbers, thank you, Gen Z, is because of... Exactly. Because of Republican policies, about the climate crisis, about guns, about abortion. Stock up with huge arsenals of firearms so you can kill children in schools. And Gen Z is sick and fucking tired of that. Plus the abortion issue on top of everything else. You know what I mean? Things that are going to be there irrespective of whether Trump is the leader of the party or not. Right. Right. And and so the Republicans aren't getting that message. They're thinking it's all about, you know, it's so ironic that I'm about to say this. But now the Republican Party is all about orange man bad. Yeah. Amazingly, because that's the shit that we always get. Every time we talk about Donald Trump, the response from the trolls on Twitter and elsewhere is always, oh, you're just all about orange man bad. Well, that's exactly what the Republicans are doing. Yeah. Uh, Republicans have followed Donald Trump off the side of a cliff. David Urban, a longtime Trump advisor with ties to Pennsylvania, said in an interview, former Representative Peter King, a Republican from Long Island who had long supported Mr. Trump, said, quote, I strongly believe he should no longer be the face of the Republican Party, adding that the party can't become a personality cult. God, it's amazing. It's just like Dawn breaks on Marblehead. Yeah. You know, like it's just, hello, where have you been? The man is, you, you wouldn't want him to be the face of anything. Mm-hmm. It's repulsive. Yeah. Yeah, and- John Podhoritz, of all people, was in, I think, the New York Post talking about how, you know, Trump has proven to be, like, 
a can of Raid, which cracked me up because I'm like, that means you're you're the roaches, John. Like, <laughs> I, like, like, let's like finish this analogy to where I mean. But anyway, yeah, he's like, you know, he's vote repellent. Yeah, he at is. This point and yeah, uh, I think Donald yeah. Trump knows that he's going to lose. I think he knows know. that he's not just going to lose a general election against whoever the Democrat is. I think he knows he's going to lose in the primaries and maybe even like the first big two primaries, New Hampshire, Iowa. I think he's going to lose there or in reverse, Iowa, New Hampshire. Uh, because already now, because of this result, the Trump team is trying to get that big announcement on November 14th delayed. And I never thought it was going to happen in the first place. I always thought what was going to happen on the 14th mm -hmm. is he was going to mm -hmm. announce an exploratory committee. Yeah, that's the only way he can save face at this point. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mary Trump disagreed on yesterday's show. She yeah. said that if he forms an exploratory committee, that's going to make him look weak and he won't do that. So right. he either will announce mm. or he won't announce. He won't do an in-between announce, although I still believe in the exploratory committee idea, if, if anything, because right. I don't think he wants to run now. And, and his team knows that. His team knows that he's toxic. His team knows that he will now. I mean, prior to the election, it's possible that Donald Trump could have run in the primary unopposed. But now that the election has been a red shart for the Republican Party, <laughs> that absolutely means that Donald Trump will now be challenged in the primary if he runs. If he does run, Ron DeSantis will be in there. Glenn Youngkin will be in there. Maybe Larry Hogan will be in there. Certainly Christy Nome, Nikki Haley, maybe Carrie Lake, for God's sake. We'll throw yeah. Mike Pence <sighs> will be in the mix. Chris Christie, Rand Paul, Lindsey Graham, the same group. Ted Cruz will be in there, too. And so the first time, and I've been talking about this for months now, maybe even a couple of years, that as soon as Donald Trump loses a primary or a caucus, he's going to destroy the Republican Party. Yep. So in a sense, what Joe Biden said yesterday in I his totally shit when I fought. I was <laughs> well, you know what John, Joe Biden said yesterday that was uh, pretty astute of him? Someone asked him, who would you rather go up against or who would you rather see run for the Republican nomination, Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? And Joe Biden said, well, I'd like to see them go up against each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is such mm -hmm. a perfect response. Because mm -hmm. if Donald Trump does run, he should be challenged by Ron DeSantis. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you know why? If if that actually happens, I'm gonna be intravenously pumping popcorn into my veins 24-7 <laughs> watching. Injuries! Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you you can smoke pot recreationally now legally. Oh yes. <laughs> One of the things that kind Maryland. of cracks me yeah. up about Joe Biden is that they come to him with these like crazy, super convoluted like beltway questions that they've constructed in their mind. Yeah. And he gives a normal guy answer. Yeah. Like I'd rather see him go up against each other, and they're like, "Wow, wow, he's so like folksy and deep, and you know, wow." Yeah. He's like, and what a way to think about it. And it's like a totally like that's the you know like when they asked him yesterday. You know, are you going to run in 2024? He's like, I'm right here in front of, you know, I can hear you right now. You know that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's I just, I'm the president and I'm going to run for re-election until further notice. Why are you, you know, asking me this? And everyone's like, yeah, Joe Biden, you tell it like it is. I'm like, that's the only real answer oh, yeah. to that question. Yeah. And to you me, know, like he answered it exactly right. And you know, the mistake I made, the mistake so many other American political commentators have made over the years is underestimating Joe Biden. 
I don't think we can underestimate yep. Joe Biden anymore. No, don't. Uh, uh, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Given this midterm, given the past year of legislative successes, uh, it's a huge mistake to think that, oh, Joe Biden's past his prime. He doesn't know what's going on. He's oblivious. He's He's got dementia. Creepy Joe. Yeah, yeah. all of that no, nonsense. He's a candy old fox. Exactly yeah. fucking right. You know what? He was doing this 50 years ago when I was, you know, a fetus, for God's sake. And he has been in the trenches all this time. You're not in the trenches of Washington, D.C. politics all this time and not understand a thing or two about how politics works, what buttons to press, what to say, how to present yourself successfully. That's what Joe Biden's done. I mean, Joe Biden, we underestimated him going into the 2020 election. He's going up against Donald Trump. Oh, shit, can he handle it? I was right there. I was saying the same thing. Oh, my God, I can't believe we're going up against Donald Trump with Joe Biden. Proven wrong. Abso-fucking-lutely proven wrong because he destroyed Donald Trump in the 2020 election. And then legislative success after legislative success, even with some bipartisanship along the way, getting mm-hmm. Republicans to come on board with infrastructure yep. spending and so on. Gigantic success. And then capped off uh, this week with the midterms. It's undeniable. Okay. So in a sign of Trump's diminished and newly uncertain footing, some longtime allies are now encouraging Trump to delay a presidential announcement he had planned for next week as a victory lap for a red wave that didn't <laughs> didn't materialize. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One person familiar with the discussions oh. <laughs> who who like others spoke on the condition of anonymity said Trump was polling advisors for their opinions but had not made up his mind. But in a Fox News interview Wednesday evening, he cast doubt on a delay saying, quote, we had tremendous success. Why would anything change? Of course, he's delusional and full of shit about the midterms, publicly at least. But I'm sure there's ketchup all over Mar-a-Lago. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He's apparently like the election night. He like stormed off out of his own party uh, <laughs> yeah. and was, like, wouldn't talk to anybody. He was like off chambered with his advisor is like. Oh, yeah. He was going off on Melania for oh, Melania yeah. convincing him to oh, he, he endorse. He troth censured um, that he did not blame Melania. And how dare we say that? And he's. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Troth, truth, central. Uh huh. Uh The guy who lies to everyone about everything tens of thousands of times Mm -hmm. was telling the truth on Troth Troth Central? Troth Truth Central. Yeah. I got to say, I worked the, you know, I was the local host for All Things Considered Uh for my town for, you know, nine years. And one of those years was 2010. And I had to come in the day after the election and the week after the election and the months after the election in 2010 when the the great shellacking, as you may remember. And I, I was there, yeah. like, working as they announced the results. And I heard, like, one seat go down after another. And then there was weeks of chest pounding from, like, Newt Gingrich and Rich Lowry on NPR. And it was just excruciating. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, you enter a new president's term expecting that in the first midterm. And while last night was not what I would, I mean, Tuesday night was not what I would love to have seen, which would have been just a complete and utter, like, trouncing of Brian Kemp 
and and oh, we have to go to a runoff with with Herschel Walker. Oh yeah, but yeah. He's gonna win. Well, Warnock's gonna, gonna win. win that. Yeah, Warnock's Warnock gonna is gonna win yeah. that. I just I, I don't. I, but it's just the fact that he has to go to a runoff to me is an insult because I mean this is a man. Ra- Raphael Warnock has dedicated his entire adult yep. life to Christ. And the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he has been a public servant his whole adult life. Herschel Walker has basically been, like, Caligula. Yeah, right. You know, like, I mean, just, but Donald Trump meets Caligula because he's failed and failed and failed and failed again mm. and again. He, like, had one good football season in 1980. Yeah. Or whatever year it was. And that's the, that was the high watermark mm-hmm. of, of Herschel Walker's life. Yeah, well, the other thing is Raphael Warnock, I don't think anyone else has worked harder for his Senate seat than Raphael Warnock. I mean, between the uh, what uh, the first special election and then this election, now he's got to do another runoff. And the, Well, there was a runoff two years ago, right? Yeah, there was a runoff yep. for him and Ossoff. <laughs> exactly. And I thought I got that confused with a special election. But yeah, you're exactly right, Jody. No, we're going to do that again. I, I think I think that he But this will be faster. It won't be in January, thank yeah. God. I mean, yeah. we're doing this December yeah. 6th, so we'll know sooner. Plus, you know what they're also, doing like, is they're, they're desperate to keep Donald Trump away from Georgia. Yes. Which is amazing, and that's because <laughs> he wrecked it last time. Yes, indeed, and and so what they're going to do is, I, I bet they're going to set up like roadblocks to make sure that he can't enter the state of Georgia between now and December six. I think that's one of the reasons why the Republican Party doesn't want him to announce anything on the fourteenth, because they don't want him further scooting his disgusting taint all over the Republican Party. God, I knew the T word was coming. God, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just... They just get it all over shudder every time you mention that part of the former president's body because... Uh, I'm sorry. I, you know, when I'm in a good mood, I get especially obscene and gross. I, I have to apologize. I do. Sorry, not sorry. Um, Meantime, Trump was bashing DeSantis. He said, uh, I will tell you things about him that won't be very flattering. He said to the Wall Street Journal, I know more about him than anybody other than perhaps his wife. Does this give you the impression that Donald Trump was thumbing through some FBI files while sitting yes, in the residence does. eating hamburgers? Yeah, what do you Absolutely. think, Jody? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, remember we we found out that he had stuff on like Macron and other yeah. people. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt that that's part of the reason that people like McCarthy and and Graham and others that were staunchly, especially after January sixth, within one day of meeting him down at Mar-a-Lago, shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. He's got he's got dirt. He's he's like Hoover. He's got dirt on on the Republicans mainly. Yeah, and um, he's he's a he's using it. He's like Hoover and Nixon and yeah. Grimace from McDonald Land. All yes, Grimace into- especially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just hearing Lily Tomlin in my head as that operator character going, "Where there's dirt, there's a Hoover." <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, meantime, uh, the talking Adderall pill, Ben Shapiro, uh, is blaming Trump's picks and antics for Republican midterm failure. Heads should roll. This is according to Mediaite, which basically just compiled a bunch of Ben Shapiro tweets, which I am now going to read because I am just so enjoying this. I'm just loving every second of this. Here's the basic takeaway from election 2022 so far. Ben Shapiro says... 
Democrats will not change course on anything. They wildly outperformed expectations. That's not what he said. Except he said, Democrats Florida. will not change course on anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't quite do that voice. I don't have enough cocaine in me okay. right now. Uh, Biden is their 2024 nominee unless he is fully incapacitated. Republicans wildly underperformed and heads should roll. There is a lot of hope for the Republican coalition given their performance with Hispanic and black voters, but their candidate quality was poor and their leadership was either absent or counterproductive. Trump picked bad candidates. He spent almost no money on his hand-picked candidates exactly. and then proceeded to crap on the Republicans who lost and didn't sufficiently bend the knee. This will have 2024 impact. Of course it will. Then he continues, the Republican leadership class, paralyzed by the Trump phenomenon, failed to provide any leadership at all, except for DeSantis, who was a leader, an excellent candidate, and an organizer of his own party, leading to a Florida red tsunami. Well, that's, yeah, a Florida red tsunami is still a red shark. Sorry, that was my fart remix. The 12-inch single of my fart sound effect right there. Thank you very much. Ladies. It was like you were playing a, like a, like you have whoopee cushions put together like bagpipes, yeah. you know? Okay, so at this hour, uh, you know what? We'll do a, uh, we'll do an update in terms of where we are with the election as we record this here in just a second. We've got to talk about what's happening in the House, got to talk about what's happening in the Senate, and what I believe is the most significant victories for Democrats in this midterm. And if you're looking at just Congress, you're doing it wrong. What have I been saying all this time? State and local elections. Uh, we have some major, major victories and the possibility of some huge rock stars emerging out of this election. I'm talking about Ben Shapiro. I'm talking about, no, not Ben Shapiro, Josh Shapiro. Josh Shapiro. Oh my God, sorry, Josh. Holy God. <laughs> Josh, Bite your tongue. Yes, Josh Shapiro, uh, Westmore, and this is a name you will not be familiar with, but you should get familiar with this name, and I'm going to make you familiar with this name. Her name is Joanna McClinton, and she is now the new House Majority Leader in the Pennsylvania Legislature, and this is uh, for the first time in years the Democrats, years. yeah, have uh, retaken the House in Pennsylvania and Harrisburg. And wait till you hear this clip from Joanna McClinton. I'm just saying right now, you're going to fall in love with Joanna McClinton because I sure as shit have. All right, uh, more to come here on our big Thursday show. So uh, some bad news this week. It happened again. We had a record number of declines on our Patreon page. That's payments by subscribers that didn't go through for some reason. We had three times as many as normal, and that sets our membership way back by months and months and months. It's totally heartbreaking. Uh, I've been in touch with Patreon tech support about this. It may be a technical glitch. Because the last time it happened, there was a glitch that they found with the payment system. And uh, on top of that, right now, some members are having trouble updating their payment method. So it's 
super duper frustrating, but these are the sorts of things that happen on the internets. Uh, this time, they haven't found any bugs yet. Suffice to say, we need to get all hands on deck. If you're not subscribed, now's the time to do it so we can make up for several dozen lost patrons. If you're not a subscriber already, go right now to bobseskashow.com. Sign up for as little as $1 a month. I think we can all afford $1 a month, right? You're going to be supporting this completely independent podcast. And for $5 subscribers and higher, we're going to give you all kinds of extra cool bonus content exclusively for our Patreon members. We've got a big shatter docket coming up <laughs> on today's show. You don't want to miss it. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. And we thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob I think that reminds me of Steely Dan. Yeah, brand new Arthur Nassen. Yeah. It's a song called Without a Clue. Brand new single from Arthur. One of our regulars here on the show. And link in the description, of course, to support Arthur. And uh, bobsiska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing that. Get going, huh? Need more music here on the show. Always more music. Always desperate for more music. Okay. I gotta um, get a new, something new going. I gotta crank something out, but yeah. What you God, you just dropped a new single like two weeks ago. Or no, was it a week ago? It seems like this past week has been like, like two weeks. Yeah. It's like two weeks, but yeah. 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 I'm, I'm still just like, well, hang on, I gotta be more productive. You know, <laughs> I have that voice in the back of my head. It's like, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. <laughs> oh, give yourself a break. But you know what? Here's Although the thing. I am performing at a jazz Christmas thing on December 22nd here in Athens. I'm doing a couple songs. Oh, cool. Jazz quartet. Great. Um, Outstanding. Like raising money for, uh, I think, the food bank. But Excellent cause. Yeah, yeah. Fun. We'll keep everyone updated that here on, uh, on the show. Um, and speaking of the show, stick with this show. We've been talking about maintaining optimism about this midterm for some time now. 
We've been talking about how it's not going to be a red wave. We've been talking about how the Democrats are going to likely overperform in the midterm. And voila, they have. Mm We've been talking about state Yeah, Lauren Boebert, did she actually lose? Have we figured Not that yet. out? Yeah, we don't know. Almost. No, actually, she's ahead at the moment, and but there's a bunch of votes that they still haven't counted, and they will favor uh, Frisch. Yeah, Frisch. amazing that the Lauren Boebert race could decide the balance of power in the House of Representatives. <laughs> I mean, there's we've flipped some seats, so if they right now, the New York Times has the House at 191 Democrats, 209 Republicans. So the Democrats yeah. still have a lot of seats to hold on to and then flip a f- couple, potentially. Right. Well, at least hold what we've got and they have flipped a couple of seats but so have we so i think it's almost a wash right now as far as mm. flipping um the republicans oh, seem just, to be doing I, better but i think it's smaller states where they are done counting that yeah, have come yeah. out so we're gonna say you know, kevin mccarthy is just like salivating for that fucking gavel but like even if he gets it it's gonna be a fucking disaster because yeah. it's like he doesn't have any kind of mandate yeah. or any you know anything close to a, a, an overwhelming majority and mm-hmm. right. you know most significant things to come out of the house have to have a two-thirds majority i just it's going to be i mean it's almost 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 worth it to watch his fucking clown head get just like <laughs> Kicked again and again and again. If he's, he's gonna be like the most hapless speaker, like if Jerry Lee, if Jerry Lewis, yeah. you know, played the Speaker of the House, I just I feel like Kevin <laughs> yeah. is gonna have a really rotten time. Exactly. There's some districts that that I mean, because they've only got le- less than fifty percent or just over fifty percent of the vote. I mean, Maine hasn't decided their final district yet. New York's got two still out. Nevada has three still out. I mean, there are lots of them that it's like could go either way because right now somebody's leading mm. by eight, but they could, you know, it all depends on what happens when they finally finish counting. It's yeah. the over 95% is when you get concerned about the, the leads. Um, but it's, it's very interesting. I'm looking at their math. Mm-hmm. If the margin is low, if all he's got is a couple of seats advantage, right. he's going to end up with his own mansion and cinemas in, yep. uh, on the house side. Yeah, yep. and it's usually going to be it's going to be people. It's going to be the the rodeo clown caucus, who will yep. be a thorn in his side when he tries to pass shit through the house, because they know they will have that additional power. The same way that Mansion and Cinema on the Senate side have been thorns in our side for the last couple of years, and that's going to happen on the House side. However, at this hour, it's still possible for the Democrats to hang on to the House. Chris Boozy, yep. who's been right about the midterms so far. So yeah. the Democrats will survive with their majority in the House with 220 seats. I hope That's he's right. Two more than required. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So from his lips to God's ears. I know. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm cautiously optimistic. Still, I'm maintaining hope, but I'm also prepared for the possibility that it will be uh, a Republican majority going forward. But as we've said, there's lots of well, headaches there for them in that uh, scenario. Well, I mean, that was Adam Kinzinger said that if if McCarthy gets a, a slight majority with like four votes tops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's going to need to work with the Democrats to get anything done. Yep. <laughs> and there's a possibility that the Democrats work with a more moderate, not so McCarthy like Republican to make that person speaker. Right. Right. Oh, Lots of headaches. Man, that would be a knife to his heart. <laughs> I am almost, it would almost, almost, almost almost be worth seeing the Republicans take the House to because watch Because many Republicans won't vote for a 
won't vote for a Jim Jordan. No, no. Well, here's here's a clue as to where the rodeo clown caucus is landing on all of this. Matt Gates tweeted yeah. uh, earlier today at about nine thirty this morning. He said, "McCarthy, McConnell, McDaniel, McFailure." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay! I love it. I yep. love it so much. Matt Gates yep. going after Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Ronna McDaniel, and calling them McFailure. If we didn't already have a title for the show, that would be the title of today's show. <laughs> McFailure. Yeah. Yep. Um, I feel like that's kind of unfair to Irish people. <laughs> uh, the Senate side will either end up at 50-50, which means the Democrats will retain the majority, or it'll be 51-49 Democrats, uh, with Raphael Warnock winning on December 6th, provided he does win. I, See, think- I don't think that Walker's going to have the votes yeah. because he doesn't have Kemp on the ballot with him this time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he did get some votes because people came out to vote for, for Kemp, and they were just checking the Republican box on, on Walker. Because I, I don't feel like Republicans are super enthusiastic about him. Yeah. Well, I think the momentum coming out of the midterms, the damage that's been done to the Republican Party, at least uh, reputationally, I think will help Raphael Warnock, plus the fact that he's an incumbent. That always helps someone. Yeah. And and he's not going to have mm-hmm. they're not going to have the Trump thing pushing Herschel Walker. I mean, Trump may try from the confines of troth central. Troth, truth central. Uh, but he's not going to actually go in campaign. I think this right. is going to be something where I, it's obviously not in the bag. It's going to be wafer thin, the, the margin. It's going to be goddamn close. <laughs> wafer thin. Exactly. But I think in the Fuck end, off, I'm full. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Warnock has to win this, but it would be great to go yeah. into that runoff with a 50-50 Senate, which would be a retained Democratic majority because you've got Kamala Harris in the mix. It would just continue what we already have right now. Uh, but a 51-49 majority would be so much better. You know why? Yes. Because that would eliminate the, the need for either mansion or cinema. I mean, right. obviously mm-hmm. one of them could still be a stick in the mud, but it right. eliminates that duopoly that they have on the contrarian vote. So it would either be Manchin or it would be cinema that would still be a fly in the ointment, but they wouldn't have the same collective power that they've had for the last two years. So that's right. that's a, absolutely good news. Meantime, I want to ballyhoo this. Can I ask a quick question about election history? Was there any other time besides the after 9-11 that the party in power didn't lose a huge portion of Congress? I think than, I mean, 1998. I think Bill Clinton's yeah. second midterm in 1998 was successful for the Democrats mm. only because they were because voters were sick and tired of Newt Gingrich and the Inquisition about blowjobs and so on. They wanted so we're just to- talking about modern history because I think FDR did fine. But this is, God damn it, this is a gigantic it's accomplishment. It's extraordinary. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially at the state level. The most significant victories yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And and I know I've been getting DMs from people saying, well, why are we celebrating because it's, it's still close in Congress? Well, it's the, the legislative victories yeah. at the state yeah. level that have been huge for Democrats and, I underscore this, and democracy. Yep. 
state-level elections, new trifectas, historic advancements for black legislators, uh, a weakening of the Republican stranglehold on state government where all the worst laws are being passed. This is exactly what we've been talking about on this show for years and years and years. And thanks to groups like Sister District and Gabby Goldstein, who's been on the show a couple of times, they've been putting some real elbow grease into uh, state legislature elections. And so many other organizations have been focused on that. It's about fucking time that Democrats put some energy, some rocket fuel yep. into campaigning for state legislator seats for gubernatorial races, as they say. Right. Uh, but here's here's <laughs> another an awful word. I know. I hate, anything that starts with goober. Yeah. Is inherently <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. This is one of those words that I have trouble saying only because it makes me a little cringy when I say it. But here's something to look forward to. Joanna McClinton is a Democrat from the Philadelphia area. She has now become the new House Majority Leader in the Pennsylvania Commonwealth Legislature, and she is fucking amazing. Here's Joanna McClinton talking about the stakes in this election I told you you're going to fall in love, and here we go. We're talking about women dying. We're talking about more than half the population not being able to make decisions when not even half of this body has a uterus. But here we are, being silenced yet again. And understand, when you're silencing us, we are actually elected officials like you all. So you're silencing millions of voters from every corner of the Commonwealth when you silence us and don't allow us to amend bills that won't let people vote, that won't allow women to make their own decisions. You're silencing all of us. Wow. Damn. Woo. So wow. we need to suspend the rules and let this amendment come through before we rush this off to the voters. Those same voters that you tried to silence in 2020 when you didn't like the outcome of the election. Those same voters that you said Mr. it didn't Speaker. matter what they chose. Those are the people you're trying to shut up. Wow. Oh. Damn, girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, my, my, my laptop, I'm having to fan it right now. It's yeah. overheating from yeah. the fire. I my mean, soundboard damn, is on girl. fire. My soundboard is literally on fire right yeah. now because of that. Yeah. Yes, the first black woman to ever be the House Majority Leader in the Pennsylvania Commonwealth Legislature. Congratulations, Pennsylvania Democrats. You did it. You did the right thing. See, I feel like like them and her and Fetterman, like Fetterman started out like on day one. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, like he didn't like, my opponent's a good American. We just disagree on policy. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, I mean, we Democrats try to be like so even handed and fair. Yeah. And like we, what we need is fire. We need to be like, fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, like fuck Donald Trump. I know. He's a worthless failure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said, positive and negative, and a lot of people who listen to this show don't like the Lincoln Project. But Kimberly and I have been watching the Lincoln Project documentary series on Showtime and getting a closer look at the ad writing process, the process of putting together all those great videos that they did in 2020. That's the kind of shit we need to do. That's the value of having those guys on our side right now. We can use their dark magic to our advantage, and we already are. 
And that's something that we need to do more of. Less of this, well, we're going to reach across the aisle and we're going to talk about, you know, we're just going to have a meeting of the minds and kind of come together in bipartisan agreement, and that's what we're going to do. We just have a basic difference of opinion on the issues. That's all. And enough of that. You can't, it's a political you can't civil war. With, yeah. yeah, with people who don't want to count votes, mm-hmm. who want to, like, seize control of the districting and make sure they never lose another election. That Wisconsin guy lost, didn't he? Yeah. The guy that was said the quiet yep. part out loud about yep. how if Tim I Michaels. win, Republicans and- yeah, yeah, he lost. Yeah. Tim, Tim Michaels lost. So that was another uh, significant victory at the state level where Evers is now the, the governor of Wisconsin, a swing state. Mm-hmm. Five swing states from 2020 now have Democrats in the governor's mansions. Mm-hmm. That's so crucial. I mean, you talk well, about. Well, Ivers re won. He was already the governor of Wisconsin. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, that further secures 2024, right. I believe. Yes. yes. Against this fuckery that we've been seeing at the state level where they've been using the state legislature to overturn the will of the people. That will not happen in five major swing states from 2020. And that's a big fucking deal. You want to talk about, well, democracy was on the ballot. Democracy was on the fucking ballot. And that's a big reason why a lot of people came out to vote, a lot of Democrats. And Mm -hmm. what that managed to accomplish is we protected democracy. It may not seem like it at the congressional level because it's, you know, it's, again, the margins are wafer thin. But (laughs) when it comes to state governments, we had significant pushback at that level. And that is so immensely crucial for preserving democracy in this country. And, you know, once again, you got to feel good about the results of this election for that reason, for the reason of democracy actually working. A lot of these election deniers went ahead and conceded, which is inconceivable that they would do that, but they did it. This has been one of those things, one of those moments where the guardrails of democracy actually kind of worked out. And not everywhere, obviously. There's still rampant gerrymandering, but maybe now's the time to go to Republicans and say, well, you guys were screwed by gerrymandering. We were screwed by gerrymandering. Why don't we get together and pass a constitutional amendment eliminating gerrymandering? Yes, please. Yeah. For for Democrats to just hold the House, they need 9 million more votes than the Republicans would need to hold the House. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the Republicans have only won one popular vote, one national popular uh-huh. vote in the last 34 years. That includes midterms and the presidency. It's a minority party. It should constantly be the opposition party. The loyal opposition, as they used to call themselves. Whereas the Democrats should always be the governing party. The Republicans are just there to keep the Democrats from going too far. I mean, I'm looking at this from an outside as a political scientist, not necessarily as a partisan. That's always been the tradition, or at least that was the tradition throughout the 20th century. And that should return to being the tradition at the very least. And the Republican Party has got to get their shit together in order for that to happen. I mean, that's... That's going to be the big ask. That's going to be the big uh, hurdle to jump in all of this. Bottling up Trumpism and jettisoning it into space. You know what I mean? I I think the young voters really, like, they were, you know, the fact that they showed up and repudiated so much of that across the country, just 
<sighs> it's what yeah. we've been talking about. Remember, like every mm-hmm. time you would get too freaked out, it would, like, years <laughs> ago, I'd be like, Bob, the kids are coming. They're, they're coming. They're going to be old enough to vote soon, and they're incredibly progressive and incredibly civic-minded because yeah. they yes. have been doing active shooter drills and watching the environment get trashed and just completely seeing the mistakes of every generation before them in mm-hmm. glaring, you know, like, oh, look, it's the entirely predictable consequences of your actions, you know. So, like, yep. I feel like they see themselves as kind of the last bulwark. Yeah. So I'm really glad that they came out and voted in record numbers in a midterm election. I know. Yeah. I know. That's, you know. They've got no more yeah. fucks left. Right. Uh, they really don't. And, and they're tired of uh, active shooter drills. And they're, they're tired of older people ruining the planet for yeah. them and their posterity. I would be just as activated as they are if I were their age. And I'm so relieved that this historic trend has turned around and young people are actually stepping up to the plate and doing what needs to be done because the overall effect is going to be nothing but a positive one, not just for the United States and American democracy, but for the globe, for the entire fucking world. So thank God. Thank God for that. Uh, Meantime, Uh, Travis Akers is reporting that on the Steven Crowder show, Arizona Republican Carrie Lake attacked Ron DeSantis, stating that he is part of a conspiracy. (laughs) He is part of a conspiracy to slow roll her election results and that he's trying to paint Trump Republicans as unable to win elections. Yeah, they're imploding. That was Travis Akers' uh, assessment of that one. Meantime, Benny Johnson said it out loud. And I think this was in the context of that same podcast I was talking about where Steve Bannon was there and Jack Posobiec and all of these incel weirdos, these red hat weirdos. Mm-hmm. Benny Johnson said, what the Republican electorate wants is a strong executive who utilizes and wields power over his enemies and then destroys his enemies and makes them grovel, makes molten salty tears flow from their faces. You know what? Keep talking like that because mm-hmm. that's exactly the thing that a majority of Americans turned out to push back against. Exactly. Nick Fuentes, who's this fucking racist piece of shit who does a <clears throat> podcast that I still swear to God is a parody because no one is this fucked up. But he, this guy is fucked up. He said, we need a dictatorship. We need to take control of the government and force people to believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. Again, wrong message, assholes. Yeah. Wrong yeah. message, you nincompoops, you unforgivable bastards. Mm-hmm. Getting completely but they're absolutely the not like serious thinkers. No, they're not. Stra- you know, that's the whole thing is that it's like listening to a bunch of 12-year-olds angrily talk about how much chicks suck, <laughs> when, you know, at the cafeteria <laughs> yeah. table. Yep. When it's like, dude, you haven't had pussy since pussy had you. <laughs> like, what are you even talking about? Like... I, mean, I know. I just, you know, it's like, but uh, they're little boys. They're angry little boys, and, and they're just like, damn it, I didn't get my way. We yeah. need to be even more infantile and even more, you know, it's just because that's all they knew how to do is double down and quadruple down. And yeah. They, you know, they, they're just incapable of introspection of any kind. Yeah. I mean, Americans by the millions have turned out to repudiate this style of politics. For the second time in a row. They did it in 2020, did it again in 2022. There's no reason to believe it won't happen again in 2024. And their response to that is, well, we just didn't go far enough. 
That was Ted Cruz talking about that. He said, you know why the Democrats won? Because they say what they believe and they embrace their most extreme, you know, far left flank and so on. And he was talking about... Get and the, that's how we win? Yeah, and he and he said, what we need to do <laughs> is we need to do the same thing, which is so absurd because they're already doing that. Right. I mean, that is 1,000% projection. <sighs> he is projecting what Red Hat Republicans, what Trump Republicans have been doing for years now. He's just saying that that's what the Democrats are doing and then that they need to double down on whatever it is they're doing, that Republicans need to double down on that. It's just absolutely the wrong track. It's absolutely the wrong solution. And this is going to— I love that Carrie Ringlight is going after DeSantis. That's just cracking me up. (laughs) I know. That's the only reason she's gotten as far as she—because she, like, they film her like they do all the women from season one of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. put the Vaseline all over the lens and like, yeah, it's like she's got total Judge Judy lens. Not Judge Judy. Um, what's her name? Judge Jeannie. Oh, yeah. Jeannie. Jeannie, yeah. yeah. Box of wine, Judge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Joy Reid refers to Carrie Lake as the talking Snapchat filter. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah, she, so she, I mean, even without, even without a filter – She's somehow like she was talking on stage the other night and it's still it's like she painted her uh, makeup on to look like she had a ring light on her. Yeah. Where it was like darker around the edges and kind of orangey, like a pale orange in the middle. (laughs) So, so strange. Anyway, Paul Ryan doesn't want Trump to be the nominee. This is no particular shock. No kidding. But, you know, again, Keep sticking your uh, faces into the hornet's nest. That's what I want to mm-hmm. see. Because the more Republicans <laughs> stick get, actually do this and piss off Donald Trump, the more entertaining it actually is. The day after yep. Election Day, uh, this local news channel caught up with former Speaker of the House Paul Ryan at an event in his hometown, Janesville. Ryan said he spent Tuesday night at home with his family watching the results on TV. Of course, you know that sketch that I posted on Twitter? It's a Whitest Kids You Know sketch featuring the late, great Trevor Moore. And it's a parody of a Senate campaign commercial mm-hmm. for Clint Webb. And he talks about all the stupid shit that professional politicians go through. All the, the fact that they all possess sociopathic narcissism. And right. just he goes through all the things, all the politician things. The short cropped haircut. You know, the fact that he's got a dog and he's got a baby who's dressed in a suit because he means business. This is Paul Ryan. The Clint Webb sketch is Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan is this kind of guy where I'm sure they had themselves posed carefully watching TV with a camera crew photographing it because that's what they do. Anyway, And it's it's 2.5 kids. (laughs) Exactly right. So he said. No, I mean, and that was the thing is that Paul Ryan was the biggest, like, I mean, the, the. the Beltway Press like totally fell in love with him because he was like the one living Republican who you could imagine having sex with without having to close your eyes. <laughs> right. You know, like um, <laughs> even though he's totally not my type. I mean, that's <laughs> I just I said to a friend, not the kind of assless chaps I'm into. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he just but he like was a total fraud. He was an idiot. Yeah, like the, his whole like docket of policy ideas was just crap from a bunch of interns at the Heritage Foundation. That when they did the <laughs> math on it, it was just like it was totally like he just typed like over and over like all work and no play makes Paul a dull boy. Oh like, yeah, it was just. Yeah. Garbage, and that's you know all that came out, and then he was Speaker of the House. He was a total failure at that, and yes, he was. went running back to Wisconsin to spend more time with the kids mm-hmm. in his crawl space. Um, but, <laughs> but David, he's a, he's a young gun, don't you know? Remember his like pitiful photo shoot with the weight bench? Yes, yes. looks like a softcore porn. Oh, who can forget like, that? Oh my God, I can't believe. Hard. Why would anyone agree to that? Anyway, he said about Trump. He said, "I think Trump's kind of a drag on our ticket." I think Donald Trump gives us problems politically. Well, that's an understatement. We lost the House, the Senate, and the White House in two years when Trump was on the ballot or in office, Ryan said. I think we just have some Trump hangover. I think he's a drag on our office, on our races. What do you think's going to happen if Donald Trump announces he's going to run for president again? Someone asked him. Someone asked Paul Ryan. I mean, I assume he's going to announce, which he's not. But honestly... I don't think he'll get the nomination at the end of the day, Ryan said. We want to win. We want to win the White House, and we know with Trump we're so much uh, more likely to lose. Just look at all the difference between votes, between Trump candidates and non-Trump-aligned candidates. It's really clear to me, and the evidence is pretty stark, that if we have a nominee not named Trump, we're so much more likely to win the White House than if our candidate's name is Trump. So, Paul Ryan pissing all over Donald Welcome Trump's to head. to Simple Math yeah. with Paul Ryan. I mean, really, it's <laughs> it's like, again, Dawn breaks on Mark. They're the last people to realize it. Yep, yep. Which is the pitiful part to me. It's like we, uh, but anyway. Well, and we can't forget that, once again, the idiot dogs caught the car, and they have no idea what to do with it. They're getting screwed because of it. And I'm talking about the repeal of Roe v. Wade. And the Dobbs decision, which had right. a huge impact, especially in Pennsylvania, where we saw exit polls showed that abortion was the number one issue by far, by yes, at l- least you. 10 points. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Plus, uh, anti-abortion ballot measures failed in Kentucky, yep. uh, mm-hmm. Montana. Mm-hmm. I think there were some others in there, too. Uh, California, we've codified the right to an abortion yep. into law, but not in our Constitution, whereas Michigan codified it in their Constitution. There you go. Michigan, too. Right, right, right. Well, and this is all, what was I talking about during the, uh, you know, the announcement of what Dobbs could end up being and the actual handing down of the Dobbs decision? Ballot initiatives. That's how you get around some of these state trifectas, these red state trifectas. You pass ballot initiatives because obviously abortion rights are wildly popular in these states, in red states. We saw it in Kansas. We're seeing it now in Kentucky, mm-hmm. Montana. Uh-huh. It's, it's collapsing in red states. Mm-hmm. And the other bonus is when those ballot initiatives are on the ballot— it drives up voter turnout among Democrats, among the left. That's so crucial. So there's an electoral advantage to it. There's a human rights advantage to it. Yep. There's a circumventing of Republican trifectas advantage to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, if abortion rights can be held up in states like Kentucky and yeah. Ka- Kansas, for fuck's sake, Montana, mm-hmm. good Lord. 
that's giving a, a strong signal that the Republicans are way out, as the saying goes, way out over their skis on this issue, and it is going to doom them. I wonder if there's, like, internal soul-searching about this. Like, oh, fuck. We should not have done this. No, we should have not made not. this bargain. full of introspection. Yeah. Like I said, they're just going to yell at each other. They're going to blame everybody around them. Yeah. Well, the, th- and it- the thing is, with Kentucky, they had a trigger law on the books. So abortion is still illegal in Kentucky. But what Kentucky wanted to do was put that in their constitution. Mm-hmm. And they thought that the state was that the, okay. Since the, we passed the law, then everybody's going to be all for a constitutional amendment preventing abortion in the state. And and they came out and went, no, nope, nope, absolutely. They might not. have voted for Rand Paul. They might have voted for other Republicans on the ticket. But the Republican women went, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> right. Exactly fucking right. So this is a winning issue, I think, for Democrats. And, yeah. uh, and and it is the silver lining in the fact that women have lost uh, a certain level of human rights. And uh, just in a national tragedy, but I think this is going to, and it already has, this is going to blow back in the faces of Republicans for years to come. And that's uh, only good news. Okay. Uh, some stuff with Elon Musk and Twitter to talk about here in just a second, <laughs> mainly because I want to talk about this Rudy Giuliani imposter who ended up <laughs> buying a blue check for him herself and posting a bunch of stuff as Rudy Giuliani. I'm going to read those tweets here <laughs> and a whole lot more. Elon Musk continues to ruin my favorite social media platform. He just lost two top executives. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a huge uh, exodus from yep. Twitter. Twitter's privacy and security teams are rebelling against yep. him. <laughs> this is fucking great. Okay, yep. uh, back with more show right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. It's sweet and bitter. Yeah, this is a brand new antiquity. I'll be in my bunk for the rest of the show. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> the brand new single from Antiquity. It's called Into the Night featuring Oz Noy. And it's fucking great. I love this track. BobSuska.com slash music to submit. Also, link in the description to support all of the indie bands on the show. Just find today's episode dated 11-10-22 at BobSuska.com. Scroll on down on that page and you'll find links to support Antiquity and Arthur Nassen 
and uh, a whole lot more. Yeah. Outstanding. And of course, we're playing the full length tracks at the end of the show for our free show listeners. So stick around for that if you love uh, what we've played so far. Okay. So uh, somehow Kyle Rittenhouse got a blue check. Fuck him. Pathetic. This is the Elon Musk regime. Uh, yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse getting a fucking <laughs> What's that It's Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> exactly. Um, are you still going to do that jingle? Because our friend... I'm our friend, waiting to hear back from my brother, but I may just have to... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, our friend George Harris made one, but I was going to do like a dueling jingles thing if you ever made yours. <laughs> so we would compare and contrast. No, People can vote. His. Okay. Well, no, I don't have it here. I was going to wait till you had yours oh. ready, and then I was going to play the both. But because there will always be procrastinator. I know there will always be Elon Musk news. So uh, someone registered the name Rudy Giuliani Esquire (laughs) ESQ and got a blue check because they signed up for Twitter blue (laughs) because Elon Musk is a fucking idiot. Here are some of the tweets that the imposter Rudy Giuliani blue check account has (laughs) posted in the last uh, couple of days. Nancy Pelosi and I do not agree on many things, but them thangs thangin'. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's the whitest delivery I think that has ever been done of thangs thangin'. <laughs> Me saying those words is not a good match. Uh, the, the next tweet here says, I stand with Kiri Irving and Kanye West because George Soros once pushed me down in the street and I was stuck on my back like a turtle for several minutes. That's a tweet. Uh, I am hereby issuing a. Cha- <laughs> I am hereby issuing a challenge to Alan Dershowitz. Street beefs, come get some dersh. I don't know what a what is a street beef. Does anyone know what a street beef a street is? Street beef is like a street fight, like a okay, yeah, it's like a grudge. Okay, street yeah. beefs, come and get some dersh. There can only be one dusty old pedophile attorney around these parts. <laughs> Jesus. I will never confirm nor deny the reports. I made a big stinky doo-doo on Air Force One. (laughs) All I know is after Roger Stone used a bathroom, it would smell brazzy in there. Okay. I don't know what brazzy Brazzy. means. I'm showing my age and my skin color (laughs) by reading some of these tweets. Might be brazy. Brazy, that may be it. Who knows? And then finally, I'd like to announce I shitted. Now, apparently his account has been suspended. Oh, oh man. Boo. That's so sad. Yeah. Boo. But given that half the privacy and security privacy and security team has walked off the job, <laughs> uh, you may still be able to see it, you know? Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the big news out of Twitter is people are out of fucks. Internally, Twitter's privacy and security teams are in turmoil after Elon Musk's changes to the service bypasses its standard data governance processes. Now, a company lawyer is encouraging employees to seek whistleblower protection, quote, if you feel uncomfortable about anything you're being asked to do, unquote. The company's chief privacy officer, Damien Kiernan, Kieran, Damien Kieran? Chief Information Security Officer Leah Kissner and Chief Compliance Officer Marianne Fogarty have all resigned, according to two employees at a, and an internal message seen by The Verge. Kissner confirmed her departure in a tweet on Thursday. In a note posted to Twitter's Slack and viewable to all staff, 
that was obtained by The Verge, an attorney on the company's privacy team wrote, quote, Elon has shown that his only priority with Twitter users is how to monetize them. I do not believe he cares about the human rights activists, the dissidents, or users in unmonetizable regions, and all the other users who have made Twitter the global town square you have all spent so long building and we all love. The FTC reached a settlement with Twitter in May after the company was caught using personal user info to target ads. If Twitter doesn't comply with that agreement, the FTC can issue fines reaching into billions of dollars, according to the lawyer's note to employees. And by the way, Joe Biden was asked about Elon Musk and Twitter yesterday, and Joe Biden said, oh, there are lots of ways we can investigate Twitter. Yeah, they're, they're looking into it. They're definitely looking into it. I think I think Musk. I mean, to being the fucking idiot frat boy that he is, yeah, like and contrarian, libertarian, half bright, you know, crypto asshole mm-hmm. that he is, like, thought he was going to get there, and that it was a place was going to be full of like social justice warriors, and he just started firing everyone in sight, not understanding that it was already understaffed, and these people yeah. really were like. Holding yeah. the place together. Absolutely. They're actually just engineers and like, you know, go ahead, Jody. He's making them uh, come back to in-person work. Oh, yeah. That's and fantastic. what he said in the email was you have to come into the office at least 40 hours a week. Right. Those people need a union so bad. Oh, they I really know. need a unionized so bad. Well, meantime, there are fake verified accounts uh, mm-hmm. posing as Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, as we know. Yeah, Nintendo of America, the basketball player LeBron James, the software company Valve, and others. Uh, Before being suspended, the imposter Nintendo account tweeted an image of the video game character Mario giving the viewer the middle finger. (laughs) The LeBron James account falsely claimed the athlete had requested a trade. (laughs) The fake fake Trump account tweeted, quote, this is why Elon Musk's plan doesn't work. Yeah, good point. So that's all happening right now. CNN uh, spoke with uh, the user behind the fake Trump account, Brian Whelan, whose Twitter bio and LinkedIn identify him as head of a video and social at London-based Times Radio. On Twitter, Whelan claimed that he created a fake Trump account with two, within two beers. So within having, <laughs> within drinking two beers and after spending two six beers, you got to do the right accent. Yeah, six pounds. He spent six pounds and tweeted a screenshot of the fake account attempting but failing to follow former U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton after the fake account had been suspended. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Well, this is one of the things that we warned everyone about when he started fucking around with blue checks for a while there. He was going to leave all of the legacy blue checks in place, like me. I have a blue check because, as I've been saying, I submitted, uh, you know, uh, uh, colon x-rays and, yeah, uh, driver's license and tax documents and all this shit to prove I am who I am. And so did everyone else. And he was going to keep all those in place and have a special pop-up that signified that, which he implemented yesterday. So if you if you click on my blue check, it said, oh, this is a verified account because... Public figure, blah, 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 blah. But he's not going to do that. He's going to get rid of the legacy blue checks. At least that's what he said today. Well, I read a, I read a tweet this morning that somebody signed on to an Apple account, right, with, mm-hmm. a, with a, uh, a, a VPN so they couldn't trace where it was coming from and then used like a throwaway um, 
credit card number or whatever, and then got a verified blue check as if the person were verified early days. Yeah. <laughs> Not just being paid for it. Yeah, yeah. So the, well, it's going to mean that even if you were verified before, it won't mean anything because this person is just a regular person and not that great a hacker. Right. <laughs> and he could pretend to be somebody else that has a, quote, mm-hmm. proper verified blue check and didn't pay for it. Yep. So this is not – because the people aren't there anymore to figure this shit out because Elon Musk is a piece of shit, mm-hmm. um, they're, it, it, what's the point of them? Yeah. Well, the, what a shit show. I'm yeah. sorry that you guys are – I mean I know that you enjoy Twitter a lot more than I do. And it was something that you – like I mean I yeah. don't know. I just have learned like never get attached to anything on the internet. Like never get attached to your friends in the comment section. of the, You're overly attached. I mean you can meet people and you – know, like because it all is going to go away at some point or it's going to get overrun by people. You're like this place isn't like it used to be. It's just – it's the inevitable law of the chaos and the internet is that nothing is stable. That's by and large true. I mean, that's a great observation. Um, But I mean, in terms of a short-term value, I think, you know, despite all of the awfulness that's on Twitter and quite honestly, pre-Elon Twitter was pretty fucking awful. It's still like the town square. It's still where everyone goes, including heads of state, including you know celebrities, including uh, uh, political analysts and pop culture people and so on. Everyone's there. Everyone's there. And that's what makes it so challenging to develop a sequel to Twitter, to develop a second Twitter. Because you'd have to get, in order for that to be as successful as Twitter, you'd have to get everyone on there. I mean, I'm talking about the president of Estonia, I think Vladimir Putin has a fucking Twitter account, right? I used to see. I don't think it's a good thing that that wall has gone away. That we, I don't really even, you know, I love Leslie Jones, you know, from SNL, and I think she's awesome. But I don't need to know everything she thinks. Yeah, that wall needs to go back up. Well, that's and that's fine. No, you're you're not forced to do it. You're not forced to be on it. So if you're not into that environment and I can absolutely understand why you wouldn't be or like I could understand why anyone wouldn't be um so just we've just I feel like we've gotten overly used to this idea that we have to be life casting all the time that we have you know, know. like that we have to be coming up with content yeah. all the time that, oh I know, sympathize and, with that yeah I mean that's that's uh, my thing I mean I set a certain deadline in the day where I just don't go on Twitter anymore it's just like I'm done with fucking Twitter today. Um, and it's important See, I to unplug. back in blogosphere point, you know, one zero one or whatever, like yeah. when I was trying to come up with shit every single day to keep the audience there, that that's not a natural cycle for creative people. Right. That we have like out times when we're extroverted and we're showing our work. And then we have in times where we're quietly like making new ideas and like writing or reading or, you know, and like we've, taken that line away and the way that we've kind of like taken away the homework line. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you don't have to be making content all the time. You don't have to have an opinion about every single thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Madonna's well, plastic surgery is what landed me at this point, actually, because everyone's got a fucking opinion. And I'm like, you know what? You don't have to have an opinion yeah. about what's, you know, a 72 year old woman has done in terms of what she wants to look like. You don't have to have an opinion, good yeah. or bad. You can just let that be. Yeah. yeah. And be okay with, you know, like. Anyway. Well, here's my opinion about that. Uh, I'm, I'm joking, of course. I, I Everybody know, get I, comfortable. <laughs> well, I think the the fact that we all come from a pre-internet era, 
where we remember yeah. what it's like to not have Twitter and not have the internet constantly, you know, sort of hovering over us as a thing we, that we have to participate in. And so in that regard, I think we have a respect for unplugging. And I believe Gen Z is actually doing a little bit of that unplugging themselves. Yes, they are. Baby boomers, however. Here's a fact. Fountain pens are more popular right now than they have been in history. Yeah, yeah. More people are buying and using fountain pens because they want to write. Yeah. yeah. They want to, and then when they write, they want it to be special, and they want it to be something that's not disposable that's going to end up in a landfill. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. Similar thing is happening with music. I think uh-huh. I mentioned this on the show before. Like 70% of young people now listen to music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Which is kind of an amazing thing, yeah. and and yeah. a, a huge indictment of modern music, of current music. Uh, but One anyway. of the things I've noticed is if you turn on the radio, you do not hear guitars anywhere. Yeah. There's amazing music out there that you're getting from listeners that has like great guitars and real vocals, and everything's not like processed through, a, you know, a, 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 the audio equivalent of a what a Photoshop filter or yeah. a, what's that app? Auto tune. Stupid app. Auto tune. Yeah. Used. Yeah. Well, there's uh, also tune, yeah. But like, yeah, that's what I'm saying is that like there's really good stuff going on, but the industry has gotten so into like cookie cutter people that they can mold and shape themselves. Yeah. No, that. that's not it. They just want you. I mean, literally, what they do now to new artists. And so, so how many downloads have you sold? Oh, yeah. Because if you haven't right. sold like sixty thousand singles. Which, by the way, that's a dollar a single. Why the mm. fuck do you need a goddamn record company if you're already yeah. pushing sixty thousand out um, with no help? Yeah. So, but that's what they expect now. Is like if you haven't sold, if you don't have a million people watching you on YouTube, well then fuck you. I don't need you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a different time for sure, and I don't yeah. know that the right shit is getting elevated. And uh, you know, it's so, not. so many of the bands that we play here should be elevated. That's for sure. I agree. Uh, yeah. By the way, Shatter Docket coming up next on our Patreon page, BobSeskaShow.com. We're going to talk about the times we almost killed someone. <laughs> That's going to be the main topic of the Shatter Docket <laughs> stories from our past in which we almost killed someone. I've got. A pretty harrowing story along those lines. I know David does because he's the guy who brought it up before we started recording the show. So that's what we're going to do. I think Jody's got kind of a story like that. Well, I mean, I almost killed myself several times. That's even funnier. Waiting for 